for us in our bulletins. You can also turn in your Bible if you'd like. We're going to be in the book of Colossians and then also in the book of Ephesians. So it might be easier if you just follow along in the bulletin. I was talking to my excuse me, I was talking to my father-in-law a while back and he was telling me the story of forgetting his wife's birthday the first year they were married. Right, the first year they were married. Now, now, men, there's a lot of forgivable sins in marriage. Uh, I'm not sure if that's one of them or not. Uh, but when the errors of his ways were pointed out to him, he repented and he offered right then and there on the spot to go and get a present for her. And you know what she said? No, that's okay. You don't have to get me anything. Now, <clears throat> men... If you haven't been, if you're not married, you haven't been married long. You know that that's not what she meant. Um, he didn't understand that then, and so he made a fatal miscalculation at that moment and took her at her word. Okay, said I'm sorry. I don't need to get you anything. I'm not getting you anything. Uh, he found out the result of that is that you sleep on the couch for a week. Um, that's the transgression and that's the judgment. He learned the lesson the hard way. Now. Uh, guys, I, I can't help you to remember your wife's birthday. I, I have no way to help you to do that. Uh, but I do this morning want to offer a gift suggestion for you to give to your wives. Uh, you, can, you can do this her next birthday. You can do this at Christmas, anniversary. She might even appreciate if you give this to her every day. Uh, but a gift suggestion this morning from husbands to wives. So with that in mind, Colossians chapter 3 verse 19 uh, and then we'll read Ephesians chapter 5. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. Because we are members of his body, therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I am saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Would you pray with me? Father, you've given us your word, and it's meant to guide us and to correct us uh, and to encourage us uh, and to show us Jesus. And I pray that it would indeed do that now. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, three things here. Uh, we're going to look at the gift that I'm suggesting, uh, the motivation for giving the gift, uh, and then finally the result of giving that gift. The gift, the motivation, and the result. Well, what's the gift? Verse 25, uh, husbands are told, uh, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And so there's the gift. Just go ahead and get it out in the open. Uh, the gift, men, that you're to give your wives is to love them as Christ loved the church and gave himself up. 
for her. Now, why did Jesus do this for the church? Why did Jesus die for the church? Well, verse 26, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. What does this tell us? What does this text tell us? The text tells us that Jesus, in fact, uh, came to die for his people in order to cleanse them from their sins. Uh, but Jesus looked at, at dirty people, at filthy people, uh, at helpless people, at peoples whose hearts were set on anything but following after God. People with family secrets, people with skeletons in the closet, people who have been abusers, people who have been abused, people with histories of uh, addiction and family dysfunction, that Jesus looked at these people and said, I love you. And I want to fix you. But the only way to do that is for me to come and to give up my life for you. The only cleanser powerful enough to scrub the dirt from you is my very own blood. And so Jesus comes... And he gives up his life for his bride, the church. And then Paul takes that and says, All right, men, we talked to wives last week. Men, I want to talk to you a minute. Uh, He says, Men, do you see how Jesus loved the church? How Jesus loved his bride? I want you to love your bride in the same way. Now, guys, if that doesn't um, intimidate the heck out of you, then you're not really paying attention. Um, And if you think you can just somehow do that and pull that off, you're not really paying attention either. Well, let's talk about this a minute. There's there's three things about this gift uh, that husbands are to give wives. Number one, uh, biblical love, we see in this that biblical love is not just an emotion. It's much more than an emotion. It's actually an action. Uh, It involves actually serving another person. Now, You may have been in relationships that have ended. You have seen other relationships end uh, frequently. How many people have you heard give as their reason for ending a relationship? I just don't love them anymore. I I just don't love them anymore. And what you're really saying, what's actually being said when you said that, when you say that is, I just don't feel like loving them anymore. You may say, they don't excite me anymore. Uh, I just don't feel the same way about them that I used to. They're not as interesting to me as they used to be. They're not as attractive as they used to be. They're not as funny as they used to be. They just don't seem to be the same person that they used to be. And all you're saying at the end of the day is, I love myself and I'm not going to love you anymore. B.B. Uh, Warfield was a seminary professor m- many years ago. Uh, when he was married, his wife actually suffered a nervous breakdown on their honeymoon. And she never got better. She never got better. Now, what would most people in his situation do? They would say, you know, this probably wasn't a good idea, this marriage. I think I need to get out of this. I mean, I have a right to be happy, right? And I'm not going to be very happy living with a wife who's just had a nervous breakdown and can't seem to get over it. 
Uh, instead, what he did was he stayed married to her and he decided to honor his vows and serve her. Uh, he took care of her for 40 years. Uh, the last 10 years of her life, she was actually an invalid. Okay, he took care of her. Uh, he never left her side for more than two hours at a time during that 40 years. He only left the city limits, I think, once in that 40 years. Uh, he understood what it meant uh, to love somebody and that love was not just the way you feel, but love is actually doing something. It's an action that involves serving. Now, second thing about love. Uh, love is more than just an idea. Right? It's something that's actually concrete. It's got to be fleshed out in real life. Jesus didn't just have loving thoughts about the church. Oh, the church is so wonderful. Uh, Jesus actually loved the church by dying for the church. And, and husbands, what I want to encourage you to this morning, and I'm going to give you a few ideas of, of how to flesh this out, but you've really got to do a lot of this thinking on your own and say, all right, how do I love my particular wife in concrete ways? What are concrete ways that I can serve my wife? All right, I'm going to give you a few ideas here. Number one, uh, you can love them by actually being the leader that the Bible calls you to be uh, in the family. Guys, one of the, one of the best gifts you can give to your family uh, is to be the spiritual leader, is to, carry, to care more about your family's spiritual growth than you care about your hobbies, uh, your work, your relaxations, that above all of that, you say, you know what, God's given me the responsibility uh, to be responsible for my family's spiritual growth, and I'm going to take that on. Uh, your wife shouldn't have to be the one that's always dragging everybody to church, dragging everybody to pray together. You need to take ownership of that. Uh, secondly, husbands, you need to put your wife before everything and everyone but God. She comes before everyone but God. Now, for some of you, what that means is you don't need to work as much. And you need to figure out what it means that your wife actually comes before your job. Uh, others of you may mean you work the same amount you're working now, but you figure out ways to leave work at the office. Uh, and that, you know, and, and, and I can be very guilty of this, that you're, you're home, but you're not really home. Uh, and your mind somewhere else, or your, your, it's on your Blackberry and the, what you're following up with. Uh, and you've got to learn to, to leave that uh, and to walk uh, away from that. Uh, some of you may need to learn that, you know what, the, my job isn't going to go, the, the world's not going to end if I actually take my vacation. It's going to keep going, nobody's going to miss me. Uh, and so I need to take responsibility for loving uh, my wife, put her before everything but God. Be aware of her needs and not just your own. Uh, whatever those needs are, emotionally, socially, recreationally. Uh, protect her. Uh, protect her from burnout when, when she's the one that needs to slow down instead of you. Uh, you need to protect her. Uh, serve her. Uh, and this is one you got to get, you're going to have to think about this. What does this look like for me to actually serve my wife? What are the things that she gets busy with at home when I'm just kind of doing my own thing? And not bothering to help her. What, what are little concrete ways where I can say I love you? Maybe it's 
actually hanging up the towel and folding it in the bathroom uh, instead of throwing it on the floor. You know, little things. What, what are the things that say to your wife, I actually care about you? Um, communicate with her. Right, respond. When she asks how your day was, respond with something other than fine. It's fine. Game on. Um, I, I actually have conversation and communicate with her. Be careful in how you talk to her. Alright? Uh, Paul says here in Colossians, do not be harsh with your wife. How, what, what's your tone of voice? How do you talk with your wife? And then uh, the last one is simply to pray for her. Do you pray for your wife? Do you know how to pray for her? What are, what are her biggest struggles? Do you know what those are? Now, <clears throat> That's not to give you a checklist to take home and go, okay, I did all eight of these. I'm loving my wife. But those are just to kind of get you started in thinking, okay, love is supposed to be in action. Love is supposed to have hands and feet. How do I do that? How do I do something other than just sit on the couch at the end of the day? What does it look like for me to love my wife? Um, but one more thing about this before I move on to the next point. I mean, you've got to see in this that you're to be loving your wife whether she is lovely or not. Right? Uh, how often, guys, do you use your wife's shortcomings as an excuse not to love her, as an excuse not to serve her? She doesn't respect me. She nags me. She doesn't appreciate me. Right? You don't. You don't get that as an out. Uh, because think about Jesus. What did Jesus's bride look like on the day he died for her? Because Jesus' bride wasn't very lovely on the day he gave himself up for her. She wasn't at her best. Jesus didn't die for a beautiful bride. Jesus, in fact, died for an ugly, a hideous bride. He died for a bride that he had chosen to love in order, in fact, to make her beautiful. But she wasn't beautiful at the time. And so this um, love your wives as Christ loved the church is not just something that God calls you to do when everything's wonderful in your marriage and you're having happy feelings uh, about your wife. But this is something you're called to do when she's treating you awfully. And, and you know, she's done nothing to deserve you serving her. You're still called to love and to serve your wife. So husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Uh, it's something you do. It's concrete. It's something you do even when you don't feel like doing it. That's the gift. All right, wives, I think you'll like this gift. Um, but let's talk about the motivation for doing this. Okay? Guys, why would you want to do this? Why would you want to do this? Well, number one, God commands it. and I, That's always a useful one. Um, tend to, we all take those things seriously. Number two, it'll actually make her lovely. And, and we're going to come back to that, so I'm not going to elaborate on that yet. And number three, and I think this is the main thing, because you yourself are understanding what it means to actually be loved by Jesus. That you yourself are growing in your understanding of what it actually means to be loved by Jesus. Why do I love my wife, uh, even on days when I'm tired and she's cranky? Not, not that she's ever cranky. Um, because Jesus loved me when I was the chief of sinners. Jesus gave up his life for me when I was prostituting myself after other gods. He came for me. 
Uh, Derek Webb's got this song entitled uh, Wedding Dress. Uh, and, and in the song he says, I am a whore, I do confess, and I put you on like a wedding dress, and I run down the aisle to you. And, and what's he doing in that? He's picturing himself as a foul and a filthy sinner. But he always, he's also picturing himself as running down the aisle to Jesus. And the reason that, that he's able, the reason that we're able to run down the aisle to Jesus and not run out the back door running away from Jesus is because Jesus has clothed us in his very robes of righteousness. But that's the wedding dress that we're actually clothed with. And so this blood and this righteousness of Jesus is clothing him, and so he's able to run toward Jesus and not away from Jesus. See, guys, that's what causes your hearts to rejoice. Uh, not that I've, I've gotten my act together, uh, but that Jesus has loved me. And guys, the only way you're ever going to start to love your wives in the radical way that Scripture actually calls you to love your wives is, is if you and I begin to lose all that manly pride that says, I got this. I got this under control. I can do this. I can figure this out. I, I can take care of things. I'm a pretty good guy. And you've got to lose that. And instead, bow before King Jesus and say... You know, I'm a whore, and I am rotten, and filthy, and selfish, and that's who I am at the end of the day. And as you bow before Jesus and confess that to him, you'll hear him say, yes, but I love you. I know where you've been. I know what you've done. I know what you've seen. I know what you've thought. And yet I love you. And I've given myself for you not because you're clean but I've given myself for you to make you clean see guys until you get that until that becomes the very uh, heartbeat of, of your life of your spiritual walk until you see this love that Christ has for you uh, this, this loving your wife as Christ loved the church is this is not going to make any sense and it's just going to be this big burden that you're like, oh, I'm supposed to do that. I don't want to do that. But I'm supposed to do that. But if you see the way that Christ has loved you, then that's going to start to make perfect sense to you. But what's the result of all this? Now, what's the result of, of loving your wife in this manner? Well, the Bible says it will actually make her beautiful. Look at verse 27 so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Uh, Jesus died in order to make his bride beautiful, in order to make her what he had always intended for her to be. And even now, uh, the more that a church grasps what Christ has done for her, the more beautiful that church will become. Uh, the more a church realizes this is not about how good we are compared to everybody else in town. This is not about because we're moral and we figured it out and everybody else just needs to repent and get their act together. The more a church figures out, no, this is about the grace of God. 
And that's the only reason I'm here. It's not that I've gotten it together. It's that Jesus has been gracious to me. The more you get that, the more beautiful you become. The more holy you actually become. Uh, Guys, some of you would say, perhaps, um, and and, uh, let me qualify this. Wives, no man in here has actually told me this, so this is theoretical. But I don't really know what's going on in your life, so this could be true. Uh, Some of you might say, this all sounds well and good, but my wife really isn't very beautiful. You don't know her like I do. She is harsh, she is vindictive, she is cynical, she's mean. And yes, she looks nice on Sunday morning, but you don't know how she really is. Well, let's say that's true. What are you going to do about that? What are you going to do about that? How do you break that cycle? Are you going to lecture her? Threaten her? Are you going to speak harshly to her? Are you going to sulk around the house? Are you going to retreat into the man cave and watch all the games and never talk to her and just say, well, my marriage is doomed to be like this and I can't do anything about it, so I'm just going to do the best I can. What the scriptures are actually calling you to do here is not to run away, not to be harsh, but to run toward her and to love her. To run toward her and to love her. That's how you change that. You know, have you ever thought, have you ever wondered if the reason she's not becoming beautiful, the reason she's not becoming beautiful, the reason she's not madly in love with you is that you're not loving her. You're not being loving to her. Uh, men, do you want to know what it's like to be married to a beautiful woman? Well, then you need to love her as Christ loved the church. And then you'll see that begin to take place. Uh, second thing here, the second result of loving your wife in this way, is that your marriage is actually going to become a living demonstration of what the gospel is to people around you. Uh, people will be able to look at your marriage and say, you know what, I, I think I get it a little better now. Uh, the, the gospel makes more sense to me now by looking at your marriage. Understand what it is for Jesus to give up his life for somebody. Robertson McQuilkin, uh, you may have heard his name before, was the president of Columbia Bible College and Seminary until 1990. And at that point, he resigned uh, from his job as president in order to take care of his wife, who was suffering from Alzheimer's disease. Uh, McQuilkin has said that during the last two years of his life, it had become increasingly difficult to take care of his wife. It's increasingly difficult to leave her at home by herself. Uh, She was okay as long as he was there, but the minute he walked out the door, she began to panic. And so he would go to work, and it was about a half a mile from his office to the house. And while he was at work, she would walk back, she would walk to his office or to the building, couldn't figure out where to go, turn around, walk back. And she would go back and forth, sometimes as many as ten times in a day. And he began to come home and see her feet were bloodied and bruised from walking back and forth so much. So he would wash them and bandage them and take care of her. And finally he got to the point where he's like, you know what, I, I can't keep doing this job. I've got to go home and love my wife. And so he quit 
and he took care of her. And he was saying that, look, I'm the president of a Bible college, of a seminary. It's more important for me to love my wife than for me to train people for the ministry. I got to get home and I got to do this. Now, women, that would be the type of leadership that I, I would guess would be a lot easier to follow uh, than the type of leadership we men tend to give at times. Uh, single men, that's the, that's the kind of husband you want to become. Single women, that's the kind of man you want to marry. Uh, McQuilkin writes this, he says that he has been startled by the response to the announcement of my resignation. Husbands and wives renew their wedding vows. Pastors tell the story to their congregations. Uh, it was a mystery to me until a dis distinguished oncologist who lives constantly with dying people told me, almost all women stand by their men. Very few men stand by their women. Almost all women stand by their men. Very few men stand by their women. Perhaps people sense this contemporary in this Contemporary tragedy and somehow were helped by a simple choice I consider the only option. Right, guys, I think most of us would have to admit that that's probably true, that our wives are better at standing by us than we are at standing by them. How do you change that? How does that become different? We have to see the way Christ has stood by you. Have you seen the way Christ has the way that Christ has stood by you? Have you seen the way Christ has given himself for you? See, I want to submit that the real problem with a lot of our marriages isn't that we, we, we haven't been to the right marriage enrichment seminar for the weekend. It's simply that we haven't grasped the love of Christ for us. And the more you get that, the more marriage and loving one another is simply going to make sense. Let me pray for us.